Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, we operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, we, pri we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. Hello, Amber. Thank you for being on the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you could join me sitting here in the sun in the COVID-19 studios. Uh, again, if people don't realize, we are sitting outdoors. It's finally warm. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. This morning, recording with Paul, it was like 35 degrees in the shade, and we were, we were really paying for this uh, social distancing. But uh, Amber... Let's learn about you. I have a lot of rumors about you in reference to your professional career and uh, your work with Obama uh -huh. and um, the special operations cooking facility you worked in in the Air Force. Sure. So, like a special forces cook or something, right? Um, but let's start with uh, where are you from? Where did you go to school, college, family? Lay it, lay it on me. I am from Michigan a small town in the southeast corner of Michigan called Adrian. Uh, and I went to school, Adrian High School. Then after high school, I joined the Air Force. Um, September 11th was actually my senior year. Oh, okay. Um, so that was one of the motivating factors to going into the Air Force, that and uh, looking at how expensive college was. Um, so the GI Bill sounded pretty good. Right. Uh, so, yeah, then I went, um, went to the Air Force, did four years active duty, transferred to the Guard after that, spent about seven years in the Guard before I got out um but after active duty i went back to michigan i went to school went to college at michigan state um is that in ann arbor no that's the other one what's that one it's a rival school my bad i look i'm two not... of m my bad okay <laughs> michigan state's in lansing which okay. is the capital gotcha yeah. uh so let's back up to the air force you um what did you do in the air force I was in services uh, for my entire time on active duty. Um, so you do one of three things. You are either a cook, uh, you work in lodging, or you work in the gym. Um, so I was a cook, um, and I was stationed at Malmstrom Air Force Base. It's in Montana. It is uh, where our intercontinental ballistic missiles are, ICBMs. I figured um, that, yeah. So yeah, I worked out as a cook on one of the missile alert facilities. Um, I was in the 490th Squadron. We were the Farsighters, so our closest site was an hour and a half away from base. Uh, and yeah, you would go out in a little fenced-in complex in the middle of nowhere. Uh, stay out there for three days, cook three meals a day for everybody, uh, and then go back. Um, and sometimes if the manning was good, you'd have two days off. Uh, or if it was bad, you'd have two days off. If the manning was good, you'd have five days off between going out, so that was nice. Um, Why did you pick services as your job? I did not pick services. I went in open general, which I know is a mistake. <laughs> so oh it got picked for me. Um, I'd like to explore that more. How did you go down the path of picking open? Because I wanted to leave quickly. Um, I was just anxious to get out on my own and out of my hometown and explore and see what was out there because I, 18 years of my life, spent home, Small one town area. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. What other jobs did they say you were available for? Or you're just like, do you just give me anything? Just get me out of this town. Uh, there was a couple other jobs I was interested in. Uh, one was visual information. Um, which now is public affairs, but it was basically doing um, 
broadcasting videography right. that I was very interested in doing. Um, but they said I would have to wait until like six months, I think it was, before I could leave. And I was just anxious to go. And sure, so okay. that's why I was just like, okay, open general. Um, and then I went basic in July. <laughs> so what... um. What, what do they teach you how to cook? Uh, I don't know that they taught us how to cook, per se. Well, you had to have some sort of advanced <laughs> yeah. training after basic, right? It is, yeah. In tech school, it was six weeks of training. and I, The biggest thing I remember coming out of uh, tech school, just because I got a kick out of it and I thought it was really funny, was when you walked around in the kitchen, you had a knife in your hand, you had to walk around saying knife, knife. Nice, and that was just in That's tech great. school. Like we didn't, we didn't do that. Base, I didn't have to do that. But um, you know, safety and things like that, they emphasized. And God, I miss the military so much <laughs> because of things just like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was one. That was one thing that just stands out in my mind. And then most of the stuff, um, at least when you were out in the missile field at Malmstrom Air Force Base, was you know, a frozen burry just slap on the grill or something like sure. that. And really easy to to make. You didn't have to have that sounds like great a cooking skills. It sounds like skills. a relaxing job in the military. <laughs> it seems like it was pretty pretty easy to deal with. Yeah. Uh, you're your own boss when you're out there because you're only, only chef. Your supervisor's back on base all the time. They never post out. They're just doing the schedules and your EPRs and things like that. So, Cool. Nobody over my shoulder. That's I like that. Yeah, so I guess pushing forward then, why is there a rumor that you were the executive chef for Obama? <laughs> well, uh, so after uh, the mil <laughs> or after base or um, after active duty, when I went back to Michigan to go to college. Um, I decided I was going to major in political science. Oh, nice. Public okay. Public policy studies and political science. Uh, and there was an internship program, which I uh, ended up doing my senior year of college. Um, and you applied to the program. Once you got accepted to the program, then you could pick whatever internship you want. But the program itself was an internship of some sort in DC. Um, it's called the experiential learning program. So you go to class one night a week and then you intern the rest of the week. Um, and I decided I wanted to intern for Obama. Uh, and that was 2008. So you're talking height of the general election because right. it was fall of 2008 for me. Um, and so I applied, and I actually thought I blew that interview <laughs> because um, I was in a guard at the time, and I cross-trained then from services into being a chaplain's assistant. So I was down in my tech school in Alabama. So when I had scheduled the interview, I didn't realize there was going to be a time change um, between where I was, Michigan, Alabama, because it's a different time zone. Right. So when they called, I was in the middle of class, and I had to excuse myself um, and call them back and tell them I couldn't do that interview at that time, uh, and bumped it back an hour, and they were actually really cool about it, and let me interview, and somehow got the internship after that. Uh, and what did yeah. you do in the internship? Uh, so... Part of it was um, walking around and giving tours to constituents. Um, there where? were two ways to actually get tours at the time. This was before they had the uh, new visitor center they have at the Capitol now. So everybody would stand outside if they wanted a tour from the Redcoats, or you could call up your senator's office or your congressman's office and ask to get a tour. Okay. Um, so that was part of it. Um, and then answering phones, and they'd only let you do that for like an hour uh, because that's about all you could take because those phones were ringing off the hook constantly, and a lot of them were campaign questions, which you can't answer right. if you're working in the Senate because the campaign had to be separate. 
oh, yeah. from the Senate. Okay. So we defer them to the campaign office. Um, and then some of it was writing letters back to constituents because that's all, a lot of constituents write in and ask questions or ask them, uh, ask their senator to support a bill. Um, that's what a lot of the calls were too, uh, or if they had a question. So, so at no point did you cook for Obama? No. Okay, that's one rumor we've dispelled. At no point did I that. cook for Obama. Okay. <clears throat> so you, you also weren't a part of his security detail either, so no. that rumors that you saved his life at one point is not? No, those are false. Have you heard of the Try This West Virginia conference? If you're somebody who is working to build a healthier West Virginia, then you should join the over 500 like-minded people this year at the seventh annual conference. Uh, it's in Buckhannon, West Virginia. This year it's on June 12th and June 13th. Go there to learn about grassroots efforts that are taking place from all around the state, from community gardens to yoga in schools, running and biking programs, and even maybe building a community recreation center. Once you've networked around the conference, there's also opportunities to learn how to apply for grant funding for a project in your own community. Enjoy two days of healthy food, physical activity, and mindful living. Register before March 15th for early bird rates at trythiswv.com conference. Okay, and welcome back to the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. We just had a epic failure of battery life in my recorder so we've actually lost track of what we were even talking about uh, but we're not starting over we are starting back with dispelling the rumors about amber um so like i said at no point did were you on the security detail for obama is that correct correct no i was not i don't know why people like to exaggerate the things that i do <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, we mentioned it as I was replacing the batteries. She was filling out a questionnaire for a Hash House Harriers naming celebration for herself. And as if you've heard the Hash um, podcast, the hour and 43 minutes of us getting tanked together, um, we broke down the fact that you answer like a seven or eight questionnaire thing to get to know you while they pick up whatever your, they, whatever, how, that's how they decide what your hash name is going to be so amber wasn't totally sure what to answer with the questions and well, i was like i haven't done anything that interesting so that's exactly what you said yes. and as we're running we start picking her brain and found out that she was with the air force and then she runs pretty fast so you start to lose your breath and you start to lose track of the conversation and then it turned into she worked for obama on air force one right <sighs> oh okay and then, like, apparently she almost took a bullet for Obama because, like, you know, she was the executive chef at the time. Anyway, this, these stories have kept coming out of this run. I was like, wow, what a wicked, interesting person. And then, like, she was on some sort of special chef detail in Montana. You know, that's got to be all kinds of spook stuff out there. That's where we keep all of our missiles. Exactly. Yeah. But um, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to dispel the rumors. We're trying to find out what's true and what is false. So, to be clear. Were you on Air Force One? No. Okay, so you never got on Air Force One. No. Did you? You did work for Obama. I did intern for Obama. I did fly on um, what would be the first lady's plane, but not with her. That was a completely different thing. It was just flying from Andrews Air Force Base to a TDY in Michigan. <laughs> the, the first lady has her own plane? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> What's that one called? Uh, it didn't have a special name, but it was really comfortable. It had a couch and really comfortable chairs. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, so how long good. did you intern? Uh, it was just a semester, uh, the fall of 2008, that semester. So like I said, it was the height of the general election. Um, so Amazing. Obama was not in the office. He was out on the campaign trail. Right. Okay. So then let's, um, let's jump forward. Now, all of a sudden... Well, I guess you had graduated. Mm -hmm. Was the internship right before your graduation? Yes. Or... Mm -hmm. Then you moved to D.C. or? Yes. Yeah, February of the following year in 2009, I just, I moved to D.C. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything. I just packed some stuff up, moved there, crashed on a friend's couch for about a week, found an apartment, still didn't have a job. <laughs> um, eventually found a job. Uh, kind of did a temp job and 
bounced around did a couple couple of odd jobs um before landing a job at the va which is where i still work yeah in dc in dc at the time yeah i don't work in at the va in dc now i work here in martinsburg yeah i was going to come to that so how did you end up out this way i um in 2016 um i had asked if they hired more positions in the job i was working at the time out in martinsburg if my supervisor would consider transferring me out here before she hired somebody and she um ended up hiring somebody in martinsburg and i was like whatever happened to when i asked you if you'd consider me before you hired somebody and she was like oh i forgot um, she's like, well, I could still transfer you out there. Um, I don't really know how to do that. And I was like, well, I know somebody who just got transferred out there. So why don't you ask his supervisor how he did that? And that afternoon I had my transfer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But you didn't have a house out here yet. No. Um, actually before all of this, um, even the transfer or anything came down, I had been looking. I'd been working with a realtor and looking out here at houses. Uh, yeah, kind of when I make up my mind to do something, I start planning for it. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, so um, it wasn't it wasn't super serious. And then when I got the transfer, I was like, oh, yeah, now I need a house out yeah. there. <laughs> okay, so what year was that? 2016. 2016. When did you find Bros and Bras? I think it was 2018, okay. I want to say. Um, I'd heard about Bros and Bras before that, but I was working in a job where I did shift work, and it, it just the schedule was really tough to make it out because um, if I worked a swing shift, I'd be working when you guys were on a run or something. Um, so it was when I stopped doing the shift work that I uh, started coming out to Bros and Bras. Um, and Colleen Farrell is actually the one who brought me out for my first run. Um, she works with me at the VA, and I'm, I just met her through a mutual friend, and we were talking about running, and she was like, well, I'm going to go out this Tuesday night if you want to come out because um, it's nice to know somebody when you go to these things so you're not a complete stranger right um, and so I ended up showing up to run did about four miles I think that's cool yeah uh, tell me about your running background uh, so my running background is I'm a sprinter okay <laughs> that is my background I started um, running or competing and running and middle school track uh, my first event I ever ran was the 800 meter dash wow um, a dash you don't dash at 800 meters. <laughs> jeez uh, that was my first my first run um, and I remember being really nervous about it because I didn't know anything about running track or competing and um, I was just just a, before that you know I, I could run um but i remember not even knowing what an 800 was <laughs> my dad came out it was a home meet and my dad was there and i was like dad the coach told me i have to run 800 meters what is that and in his true like math teacher form he was like well you know it's 1600 some miles so what's half of that of course <laughs> so it's only two laps okay <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, high school? Yeah. And, uh, what, were your, what were your events then? So my freshman year of high school, I think I did the 3,200-meter relay. I did the open eight. Um, the 1,600-meter relay. These and aren't maybe sprints. These aren't sprints. 400 though. middle distance. Well, yes, it's middle distance, yeah. Yeah. So I th And then uh, after that, um, I didn't do the 800 after my freshman year. I ended up doing the 600 meter relay, the 400, um, the 200, and the 800 meter relay. Um, and in high school, I started running cross country, and it was basically as a way to keep in shape 
for track. Right. Um, I didn't know if I'd be any good at it because to me, as a sprinter, they tell you you're going to run a 5K, you're going to be doing three miles. I'm like, miles? Three miles? Yeah, come on. I don't know about that. I don't know if I could do that. That's what every sprinter or hurdler says. They, they do cross country just to stay in shape, but they're bitter. Bitter about the distances. And it, it turned out to be fine, actually. Um, they used to... <laughs> If we would be doing um, any interval type of training during cross country, uh, they get mad at me and they'd be like, "You stupid sprinter!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I would be faster than everybody in the of intervals. Right. <laughs> but, so they, did, did you run in college? I did not. No. Because that was after the military. Yeah. So the ice kind of stopped running when I joined the Air Force. Ironically. After basic training, they make you run a lot in basic. So it was after basic that I stopped running. Stationed me in Montana was really cold, and I don't really like to run in the cold. That's right. I remember hearing that, too. Yeah. Uh, so that changed this year, though. I've been running all winter long. but well, um, That's great. That's good. And I, I appreciate any training that Amber does because she's on my team for a few races. We're teammates. So I'm happy you're training. That's good. It's going to make you a better teammate down the road. Yes. Um, so, first time you came out was a Tuesday run. Was that uh, when we were doing tacos? Taco uh, yeah, it would have been Taco Tuesday. Did mm-hmm. you come out to tacos afterwards, or did you just scoot I don't out? think I did stay for tacos afterwards. Okay. Not that night. Who'd you meet when you came? I met Bacon. I met Jack. Um... I know there's a couple other people there. I don't remember who all was there, though. Well, how was your, how was your experience, though? It was fun. Uh, everybody ran together that night. I mean, we don't always all run together, but everyone was running at the same pace and having a conversation. And uh, There was no pressure. Because um, sometimes when you come out to group runs, you know, like you can be uber competitive people. Right. And it can be intimidating, but there was none of that at all with Bros and Bras. Yeah, the, um, like if you go to a running group like in Reston, even Leesburg sometimes, but like in Arlington, whoa. Yeah. Like it's a, there's a, a pecking order for sure. Yeah. We don't have that in Bros at all. At least I don't think we do. I hope we don't. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, have you, made, have you made any friends in Bros? I've made a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... Who's your crew? <laughs> so I didn't really know a lot of people at the time either, other than the people that I, I worked with. But since becoming part of Bros and Bras, I've, you know, made friends for life. Uh, That's so cool. Made some, made a, a family. So, yeah. That's so weird. You can hear her smile when she says that. And, <laughs> dude, as the... Bro, actual, the original. Like when I put nine people together, I never, ever would have envisioned a connection that people are getting five years later. It really is amazing. Who, who's in your squad? So if you go out or if you're going for a run, who do you want to see there? Um, I guess the usual people. Um, uh, you know, Bacon, Jack, and um. Of course, Jen mm-hmm. Blumberg. Yeah. We've she's, become really, really good friends. Um, she's supposed to be on this podcast anytime. Yeah. Anytime now. As soon as she's ready. Talking to you. Yeah, Blumberg. we went running yesterday, actually. She wanted to go run with um, the Harper's Ferry course, but not when everybody else was doing it. She didn't want to get up that early, so we went out later. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, um, so what... um fitness accomplishments or achievements have you had since joining a group or have you have you gone outside your normal like uh what you would normally be doing yeah i have um so like i said i kind of stopped running after high school i'd pick up a couple of runs here and there um but it was it was tough because my last mindset was high school where I could just wean it because I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And you can still get by without, you know, 
working too hard at it, I guess. Uh, and then when you take a long break and you try to get back into it, you and you, as you're aging, you realize it's hard. Running is a lot harder than I remember it being. Uh, so that was kind of... Wait, so when you came to Bros, you were starting back into running? Yeah, like I said, I had done it a couple of times. I pick up a couple of races here and there when I was in D.C. I did the Army 10-Miler one year. I would do some of the Crystal City 5Ks. Um, but you weren't training? But I wasn't training. I would just go out and like run these races. I did train for the Army 10-Miler a little bit, but not the way I should have. Um, because it's really it's tough miles. to do it. It's 10 miles. It's tough to do it without other people uh, because my experience in running had always been on a team and on track team or a cross country team where you have other people out there running with you um pushing you to go faster so it's just really hard for me i guess to self-motivate my to go out there and do it on my own it's always better for me to do it with a group of people even if i'm not running with those people to know that they're all out there doing the same thing makes it easier that's the accountability Um, yeah yeah it's great so yeah, when I came with to Bros and Brawls, it was it was getting back into it, and um, I my first year I just ran in the warm months. Um, I just ran when it wasn't cold out. Um, so then this past year, April of last year, I was basically starting all over. And I did Race with the Birds and uh, Harper's Ferry, and neither of those races had I been running a lot before. I'm going to hold on. I'm I'm actually going to keep those races close to my heart. Uh huh. Because that was the last time I beat you. (laughs) And uh, Amber is, Amber was around my speed a year ago. And that was the last time I think we went head to head, besides the Christmas race. I never even saw her during the Christmas race. But, um, Whenever somebody finishes near me, and she finished like two positions behind me, I was like, I got to keep my eye on this girl because this is who I'm going to gauge my racing. And now you've trained so much that I know I'm nowhere near as fast as you. So mm-hmm. I, I have to let you go at some point. But I will say that I got to beat you once. And I'm going to hold on to that scoreboard <laughs> from my memories. Yeah. So if you're starting over in April, yeah, what happened? Like, how did you excel? I just kept running. I would show up for like every Tuesday and Thursday run in the summer and then the hashing started so I was running on Wednesdays as well and then um, I think it was, I don't know if it was early last year or the, late the year before Jen had said we should do, um, we should do the half marathon at Freedom next year. So I did my first half marathon last year in 2019. How'd that go? And that went well. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we started picking up the, some of the Saturday runs uh, to get ready for that and do some of the longer distances. And I actually like the half. Now everyone's trying to convince me to do a marathon. I haven't been convinced necessarily to do that. Who's I trying to convince you? 2021. Bacon's trying to convince me to do that one. I believe I believe in those circles we call that being brochured. Yes. Yes. So why? Why would he twist your arm towards a full? I don't know why he wants me to do one. Jeez, I've done a couple fulls, and uh, I don't have the time or discipline to train the way you're supposed to train, just to finish one of those comfortably, much yeah. less. Efficiently. That's been my concern with it. Is I don't know that I want to put in that much training. Uh, because then and run those extra miles that you have to. I mean, the half's kind of a perfect distance. You don't have to do totally too much agree. training. I totally agree. You 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 can mail it in, <laughs> or you can train hard mm-hmm. and get it done. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally doable. If you're a accomplished runner, and we both can say that because when I say we can mail it in, I can do a half marathon without training for it. It'll be miserable, but I can get it done. But <clears throat> the freedoms is a uh, is a really really awesome half i think i've never run it i've only done the full or the 10k and the 5k but the half from the way it seems to me is just a prequel of hills before the the final 5k which is where the actual race takes place uh-huh. so from, from sharpsburg all the way to the finish line 
the hills are behind you and you're just there to actually race at that part. Like I'm, I'm a racer at heart, man. I just love racing. So struggle through the whole prequel because who's passing who on the hills? Go for it if you're that guy. But I'm me. passing people on the hills. You are a very strong hill runner, though. I'm not sure what secret you've got going on there that makes you strong. What is it? Tell us. Um, a strong will. <laughs> That's it? Um, well, if I... I know that most people slow down on the hills. So in my mind, like that's where I can catch them. That's where you attack. Yeah, because I'm not slowing down on the hills. Hmm. Well, okay. depending on the hill, though. Freedoms. Those hills are rolling hills. There's like a little break or a little dip in those hills. So those hills are easier to run. Um, I'm actually nervous about doing Harper's Ferry's half. And that's why I... Uh, joined the half marathon training group with Inga because I was nervous about that because those hills, there's no break. They just go up. It's true. It's true. I've run that one two times and it's uh, pretty tough. Yeah. Flat out. It's just pretty tough. But it's doable. You'll, you'll be really strong out there. You'll see. Do you have any time expectations that you're going for? Goals? Uh, I'm not sure with with Harper's Ferry because um, that'll be my first time doing it. So it'll, it'll be my base that I'll set, I guess. I'll figure it out after Harper's Ferry. Are you doing any specialized training to prepare? Like, What is Inga doing to make you prepare differently than you would otherwise? So the only things that I did for uh, Freedoms was run what we ran with the group. Um, I didn't have a plan. It was just run X amount of miles um, and it wasn't running for times. It wasn't, there was no interval training. There was no tempo training, none of that. And so we're doing all of that with Inga. Um, so I, I, hopefully uh, that helps. I don't know. Um, I'm getting a lot more miles in, um, than I was when I was training for freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, we're doing hill work, doing hill repeats, those sorts of things um, with the group. So That's outside of your normal training routine. Yes, because I have no training routine on my own. Gotcha. Well, Amber and I are both on, um, she's on my mercenary team going to Colorado. If Ragnar doesn't cancel that race or postpone it, we're supposed to fly out there sometime early June. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, are going to be running pretty legit climbs but the kind of climbs that just don't even stop fortunately when they're over they're actually over and it's all downhill but it's all just it's all it's just like this and like this it's almost like a pyramid each climb is up get to the top down um are you doing anything specialized training to prepare yourself for i know i've tried to encourage you to do some training but are you doing anything I am not so good at the strength training side of things. Uh, so in Ingo's group, we do have um, Tuesday nights, which are, they tend to be hill training nights and, or a temple run night. And um, then we'll, we'll follow that up with some strength training exercises. Uh, I started doing um, a functional fitness class on Monday nights at Moving Mountains Yoga. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Kentucky Pam has got me into going out to that one. Functional fitness? What are they doing that? Uh, they're doing that movie Mountains Yoga. They start at five fifteen. It's an hour long. Yeah, but what are the class. what are the exercises? Uh, uh, they're just uh, it changes up from month to month to month. Um, this this month we were doing with March Madness. Um, some different like jumps so we have a like a four or six pound ball and you're jumping from one side of the mat jumping up then going to a squat then jumping That's to the cool. other side up and into a squat those types of things those i don't really, really know what half of these uh exercises are called sorry that i can't name them but <laughs> no no that's cool no that that's really good i mean i have i paid for like a 10 pack at mountain move mount, moving mountains uh -huh. yoga about a year and a half ago, and I've used one. 
So if there's a functional fitness class, maybe I should scoot into that and go try it out because I've got paid for them. I just don't get there much. Or if I do go, it's on a Friday. Huh. Um, well, cool. So have you – are you one of the people who's done longer distances than you plan because of being part of Bros and Bras? Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd do – a half marathon actually when i first came out and started running with bros and brawls i was like 5k is my limit <laughs> right and you know then then i was like okay i'm gonna try this this half marathon see how that goes and we'll see if i end up doing a marathon um i don't know i feel like as you age maybe maybe each age as you go along you should plan something epic for that age I don't know, when I turn 40, maybe I'll do something crazy. Aren't you lined up for an ultra with Jenny? Uh, Richmond, Ragnar. Yeah. So there's a break. It's a little different than doing straight. I don't agree. 50K I mean, no, I, 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 I do agree. I do agree it's different, but it's equally hard. Because the breaks can actually be the hardest part to uh, adjust to. So getting out there and just running for six hours, seven hours to do an ultra is one thing. But being able to do hour and a half, three hours down, hour and a half, that's a different type of race. Well, that's good. Uh, which Ragnos have you done? Here comes Jenny and Travis. They're sneaking into the COVID-19 studios. Uh, uh, keeping a safe social distance. <laughs> Hi, Amber. Hi. <laughs> Talk about running hills, Amber. We already did. <laughs> uh... What Ragnars have you done so far? I have done Appalachia, West Virginia, which is West Virginia's. Which team are you on for that? Um, I was on Melissa Kerr's team for that. Nice. And I have done uh, Bourbon Chase. Yeah, those are the two? two I have done. And then I was signed up to do four this year. One's been postponed, my first one, Richmond, um, which was supposed to be the Ultra. That one's been postponed. I just realized something. I'm on this immortal path to do 12 in one year. Uh-huh. And not that Bros and Bras is competitive, but some of us are. Even even though I compete with Amber, she's not really competing with me. Because she said she was signing up for four and potentially five, and then other people were saying that they were going to pull down four or five. At the time, I had the highest count of Ragnars in one year, which I think was three or four. <clears throat> I'm not going to be dethroned. So I was like, oh yeah, Amber and others, you're going to try and do four or five Ragnars? I'm just going to go see if I can do an Immortal. And in true Ragnar form, which I'm sure you've had things go wrong at Ragnars. Bourbon Chase, you guys are literally short like half the team. So right. that's something that went wrong. Anything go wrong in Appalachia? Any surprises? Uh, not really. We had really great weather because previous years people have said it gets muddy and crazy on that course and it always rains and it did not rain. It rained Thursday night, but not any time during the run. Um, so it was pretty ideal as far as weather was concerned. Uh, but it was also my first Ragnar and, um, I mean, I, I guess I did cross country, but a cross country course is different than running trails. So it was really my first trail running experience. So, uh, yeah, I came away from that, um, a little sore, <laughs> right? not used to that, not used to having to dodge, uh, roots and, um, rocks and Bounding things like from that. Big rocks so, to small rocks. Yeah. You're having to run on your toes. It certainly makes your calves sore. Sliding on your butt on some spots. Yeah, my only running on toes was a sprint for right. 200 meters before that. And this yeah. is, you have to do that for, you know, yeah. four miles, six miles. Ragnar will get you. It really will. Because I always say, I've done something like 13 or 14 of them now. Yeah. Huh. And as prepared as you think you are, or as ready as you think you are, and, the, and as good as you think your tent is, there's always some sort of ragnarian karma that comes down on you like um my first immortal race was miami this year and i got down there and two of our four members didn't show up 
two. And I wasn't intending on taking any extra laps. Uh, we found a, a, someone to fill in and to help out. So it all kind of went down fine. But there's... All, oh, the other thing that was weird was that they... um, When we go to Ragnar's, we get there hours before the start. Or we get there, like, the night before and there's camp and everybody's kind of settled in. This crew that I was running with down there, they're out of, like, Atlanta or maybe Tennessee. I, I'm not even sure where they're from. We arrived 18 minutes before the first runner was going out. I was like, I'm not used to this kind of rodeo. I'm used to a little bit more. Everything's ready. Everything's in place. Yeah. Um, but the Ragnar karma that I'm dealing with right now is that the year that I decided to go immortal, frankly inspired by you, Amber. <laughs> this is the COVID-19 year. So all the races are being postponed. If I don't pull 12 in one year, I don't get immortal. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm literally one to two cancellations away from like if they if they actually cancel or postpone and double book me in the fall with the uh, with the Colorado snowmass one, I'm just gonna throw in the towel. I'm gonna go do my races, but I'm not gonna go after Immortal anymore just because Ragnar punched me in the stomach. You know. I mean, you still have more races though. Are you still have more races than anyone? Oh yeah, I, I will. I'll cap out at like twenty five, twenty six, on the grand total. I mean, for the year. Oh, for certainly yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm trying to retire from Ragnar. I'm trying to put these to bed with Bacon doing his dumb captain's team that forced me out of retirement, and then you saying, "Oh, I'm going to do one more than Kevin Brackens did." I was like, "The fuck, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, 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 no. I might not be able to beat you in a half marathon or a five k anymore." But I am going to hold on to some of my trophies. I'm going to hold on to it. So we'll see. But then like Jenny's like, oh, you'll do Immortal this year. I'll do it next year. I was like, if Jenny's going to try and match me on Immortal, then that means I got to double up on Immortal. I'll do that again next year. So not that I'm competitive, but I am a little competitive. Um, you know, you actually, I think it was it was you. It was you. Um, you came out. To, I don't know if it was a Tuesday or Thursday run, but you said something at one of those runs. Um, you had mentioned the Berkeley 5K. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you at that. And I think you flipped a switch in my brain. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I told you I was gonna beat you, and I was gonna yeah. train, and you had a reckoning coming. And at some point, I knew I was not gonna get enough training in to have even a. I was supposed to PR that race, like that was a plan. Because another guy challenged me, John Bonbright, said we're, we're both going to PR there. And neither one of us, I don't think he even showed up. But I, I know I didn't PR. And the course was shortened. <laughs> but um, when I did incite that competition between you and I, I knew I flipped a switch. And I, and I really saw your training amplify. Because I watch anybody that I'm trying to raise. I'm watching how they're training. You really started training harder. And you really started getting faster. So I just... I just played psychological games the rest of the time, making you think I was training or really convincing you that I was still going to beat you. Well, I was just trying to convince myself that you hadn't flipped a switch, that I wasn't oh. getting competitive because I was like, I'm, you know, this frozen brawl thing, I'm just going to fly under the radar and I'm not going to be competitive. And, but you, uh, then but you, you, you are. The switch. Good. <laughs> I'm so happy that I did because... You never know. I could still be training. I could be I could be significantly faster than you right now and you, you wouldn't even know it because I won't even show it to you until it's time. And that's where that's where the psychological games come into play. I could really be fast right now. Just no one's seeing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um let's see. What other questions are there? The final question we know, which is if there was somebody, or if you heard that there was somebody who was nervous, who might be listening to this, and they were nervous to come out to Bros and Bros, what could you say to them to inspire them to get there or to let them know it's okay to come out to Bros? What would you tell them? Just that it's a really laid-back group. Um, you know, you'll make a lot of friends that there's... Um, it's It's not that competitive thing that sometimes you have envisioned that runners are you know everybody runs their own pace uh and um 
you know, someone someone's always coming back, going back out to to get people to um, from that nobody left behind um, mentality. So it, it's yeah, it's just a it's just a fun group to be a part of and to be social with um, because there's more than just running that the group does together too. Social, that's a good one. That's something we haven't really talked on much. You, um, this year we had our first, or maybe our second, can't remember, um, official homecoming weekend. And just like it is in high school or college, it's actually a homecoming. Our big game is the Freedoms Run Race Series, which is a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon. Uh-huh. Uh, the night before the big game we go out and we have a, a heck of a social a bar crawl actually in charlestown where we most people go home early many of us stay out way past when we should be because it's a race the next morning after the race there's an after party at the bavarian inn which is the kickoff for us to then go to brunch is that what we did uh i think the no brunch was on new year's no we did brunch following days no 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 oh yeah that's what sunday so saturday is the race and then saturday night is the formal Mm -hmm. we actually have a formal where we um vote for king and queen you were the bros and bras homecoming queen yes how incredible of an experience was that that was fun i mean my first (laughs) my first um half marathon kept by homecoming queen and that was cool my brother was in town too uh he had run and um he he just he did the 5k and i think i'm convincing him to come back again he wants to do the half this year at freedoms um are you faster than him no okay no he's faster than i am definitely um but that was a heck yeah. of an event. I mean, yeah. the fact that this is a group, like you were saying, that it's it's a laid back group. There's some fitness. There's no expectations. You no judgment. As much... No expectations. Yeah. I mean, it, literally, that's that's how it feels when you come out and you run. Nobody is judging you, and there's no expectations. And that's what made it easier for me to get back in to it because you know nobody's expecting me to perform at a certain level. And then the thing is, is that in the beginning of this conversation, you said it's like a family. Mm-hmm. It's like a side family. That is a, that's magical, man. It's magical that you can have that kind of an experience with a group that's free. It's mm-hmm. got some T-shirts um, and volunteers where you meet up and go for a run or a walk. And that inevitably have a homecoming party. And then we have like a New Year's. And then we sometimes produce our own 5Ks and then we it's a hell of a group like yeah. there's just so many fun things going on and you missed the early years when I was putting in like 35 to 40 hours a week on it and we had like scavenger hunts downtown we had to run around all the businesses and they all knew you were coming <laughs> and um, and we had the actual headquarters in that little that little meeting space we had in Charlestown like that was a totally different time but even now bringing people together like you and Jen Blumberg and yeah everybody who enjoys your company it's just uh, it's a really magical group like that and I would hate that people would be intimidated thinking we were all fast you know or you're only following what you're seeing on social media because a lot of times it's the success stories that you see on there but yeah no I mean you, after Tuesday's run everybody goes out for tacos after Thursday's everybody goes to abolitionists Beer so and pizza, yeah. it's it's social everybody gets to know each other if you hang around for those things afterwards and it, it's usually people want to do something outside of outside of the group or just with another person it'll happen there be like hey we're doing this on saturday jack will be like i'm going on my motorcycle ride somewhere you want to go and it just happens like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so to wrap up let's confirm rumor versus truth so you did not save obama's life i did not okay you were not obama's executive chef no okay you were not special forces cook no 
or chef. Okay. You did work in a nuke farm where you cooked for people. Yes. Most from Air Force Base on a MAF, a missile alert facility. And where I cooked for people. I cooked for the cops and the missileers and uh, the facility manager. Missileers a word? Missileer is a word. Missileers. They they wear like flight suits and they go down into a hole deep in the grounds where they would launch the nukes from. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, you did not cook on Air Force One. No. No. Okay. But you were the Bros and Bras homecoming queen. Yes. For 2019. <laughs> awesome. Yes. All right. Cool. I think I think everybody's been set straight. Did we did we miss any of the rumors? No. I don't think so. Okay. Because those were fun to... They were fun to carry around for a while. And spread. <laughs> I personally believe I might have been the main culprit for spreading all the, the wrong rumors. But I just enjoyed them because every time she would tell us another fact about herself, I just would embellish. Yes. And that was fun. All right, Amber. Well, thanks for uh, being on the Break It Down for Bracken podcast. It's been nice getting to know you better. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by City National Bank in Ransom, West Virginia. I am Melissa Knott and manage both of our Jefferson County locations. Our Charlestown location is located on George Street in Charlestown, and the Ransom location is located in the Potomac Marketplace Shopping Center. City National Bank is a full-service community bank that provides an array of financial services. We offer a range of free checking accounts and savings products for both consumer and business customers. City National Bank offers competitive low-rate and low-cost lending products for both business and personal needs. Come and talk to me or one of my team members and get products and services that are tailored to fit your schedule and help you to achieve your financial goals. I can be reached at both the Ranson and Charlestown locations. Check out our website at www.bankatcity.com. Today's intro song is called Mean in a Good Way. It's written and performed by Peter Clark off of his album, Peter Clark After Dark. Peter, <laughs> Peter describes this song as being the best song to learn hula hooping to. Peter is an avid hooper and recently started a hula hoop repair business. If you ever need hula hoop repair, consider contacting Peter. You can reach him on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After Dark.